Welcome to another week of the Uproar Podcast, where we believe that the power of God is still moving and changing a generation. Hey guys, welcome back for another week of the Uproar Podcast. We so appreciate you guys tuning in with us every single week to hear the message of the gospel. We want to start this week out no different than any other week. We want to invite you to share the podcast up, screenshot what you're on right now, scroll to the bottom of the page, copy the link. You can put it on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat. You can text it to somebody. I don't care if you copy and paste it into an email. Get it out there. Show people what's available. Help us spread this podcast to everyone you know. This week, we want to take it to a new level. We believe that we've been laying out some absolutely fundamental principles to live your life by. But this week, we want to go to the next level in this because we believe that sometimes in a relationship, it involves sacrifice from your end too. So this week, we want to talk to you about consecrating yourself to the Lord. Which is like a super big Bible word. And if you don't know what that is, just simply I am us. And we'll totally respond and and give you a good definition on consecration. Uh, But honestly, it's just setting yourself apart, being different from everybody else. And our main text for the day, if you're going to take notes, uh, if you're taking notes, you're a champion. Uh, Pat yourself on the back. Go buy yourself a cowtail, good snack. I don't know, maybe a snicker. But seriously, write this down. Exodus 29, verse 20. And this was to the priests. And by the way, we're all called priests as Christians and children of God. That's what we are now. It says, then slaughter it. And they're talking about a bull. Thank God we don't have to do that anymore, <laughs> especially if you're vegan. Um, but slaughter it and apply I'm some vegan. of its blood to the right earlobes of Aaron and his sons. Also, put it on the thumbs of the right hands and the big toe of the right feet. Splatter the rest of the blood against the sides of the altar. Like, all right, this is a bloody mess, first off. There's blood everywhere. A lot of people are scared of blood, but what I love about blood is it's a protective covering. It sets it sets apart. It was the blood within the first exodus in Egypt. It was the blood of Jesus. Blood has power in, in, in what we believe, and I, and I love this. And it's so powerful that he said the right side. The right side in the kingdom of heaven always represents authority and power. And that's what I want you to focus on, man. What God is trying to do in setting you apart is to give you authority and to give you power in where he's called you to go. Let's talk about this though. The ear. Why in God's name did he say to touch the right earlobe with blood? Well, what's your ear for? Like, let's just be practical. It's to hear. And we need to hear differently. I love that Solomon and Samuel both heard from God. And when they heard the voice of God, they said, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And Solomon, he said it like this. He said that you would give me an understanding heart. They were both hearing. They had their 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 ears set to a different tune than most people. Have you ever like woken up from a dream? Be like, I don't know if that was from God. Or you ever woke or, or heard something and you wrestle with yourself? I don't know. Was that God? Was it not God? Look, when you consecrate yourself, you'll hear from God. That's one of the things you're doing yeah. is I want to have direction from heaven. Yeah. And it's so important because 
Consecration is something that you do, not something that God does. And really what I've found is a lot of people, they put a mixed message in their ear. Like, what do you hear? Most most teenagers I know, they're listening to the crappiest music ever. They're listening to drugs. They're listening to sex. They're listening to nothing that's uplifting or, or gospel-based or it's half and half. Yeah. It's a mix. You know what happens when you put a mix of anything? If you mix oil and water, they never mix. There's a separation. And one overtakes the other. One's on top. One's on the bottom. What do you listen to when people are talking to you? Are are you hearing a message of fear or of faith? Are you hearing of foul or of fulfilling? Are you Mm -hmm. listening to just voices or are you listening to his voice? Yeah. And when we set ourselves apart, it's not just to say that, oh, I'm holy and I'm different. Like, no, don't be a weirdo. It's so that we can hear differently. We want different because we want different results. And we really need to, like, be be conscious of what we're putting inside of ourselves so we can be separated. God called his people, his priests, to be separate in what they heard to mark their right ear because that's what had authority and power and that he was calling them to hear differently than everybody else. Yeah, think about this. How many people do you hear complain that they don't, like, oh, God's not blessing me or I prayed this prayer and this didn't happen or, you know, well, if God loved me so much, then why isn't he coming through in this area of my life? But we're expecting these supernatural results with absolutely no change on our part. Like, (laughs) I refuse to read my Bible. I refuse to pray. I refuse to stop listening to bad music. But I still believe that God is contractually bound to bless me no matter what. (laughs) Yeah, it's more than just showing up to church on Sunday. I I love this example. I've seen it. We had it at conference one year, and I've seen it used a couple other places where if you have, imagine three people standing in a line because we're a three-part being. We have a spirit. We have a soul and we live in a body. Now, your spirit is saved. Your body is not. And your soul is stuck in the middle. What you feed your soul is going to pull towards the things of God or pull you away from the things of God. So I'm going to do my best to illustrate this. But we did this at conference one year. We had three guys stand up front and they were all about the same size. And one represented the spirit, one represented the soul, and one represented the body. The spirit was pulling the other two towards the things of God. And the body was pulling the other two away. Now, there's only one deciding factor in that fight, and that's your soul. And if you're feeding your soul junk music and junk movies and junk conversation, where is your soul going to pull? It's going to pull with the body towards the things of the world. And two against one is always a losing battle. So you have to be diligent. You have to make the decision. It's not going to happen automatically, and it's not going to be something that you're going to wake up one day and your body's going to decide it wants to be holy we see Paul talk about it. He said, I die daily. You have to get up every morning and you have to wake up and decide today. I'm not going to listen to junk music today. I refuse to partake in those conversations that I know are going to lead me back to the things of the world. I'm not going to go on that website anymore. I'm not going to watch those movies anymore. You have to be diligent in deciding these things. And that's a part of consecration. Consecration isn't an act that happens automatically. That's something that you have to make up your mind. And you have to say, even though my flesh is going to scream, even though I'm going to want to talk like that, even though that's my favorite song, even though I go, you know, it's just a habit. I go on that website every night before I go to bed. It doesn't matter. You have to take control and say, nope, I don't care. I'm going to resist the devil. He will flee from me. I'm not going to do this. I'm going to put my flesh under. I'm going to tell myself that I'm holy and I'm set apart for the Lord. 
Think about this. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. This is one of the most powerful things that helped me when I first got saved. My pastor told me this. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So every time you move towards an act that is wicked in the sight of God, you're forcing the Holy Spirit into that environment. Think about that the next time you go on that website or the next time you have that conversation. Your body is the temple of God. Your body is built to house the Spirit of God. What are you doing to take care of that body? Even maybe in a physical sense, but in a supernatural standpoint, you have to feed your body the right things in order for it to grow in the direction you want. Nothing frustrates me more than when I hear people talk about how the Word doesn't work or how God doesn't follow through on His promises. I taught a lesson on this once. What makes a Bible verse redundant and powerless? It's somebody who speaks it without believing it and doesn't live it out. I mean, I can say that God is good every day, but you have to speak and believe. Yeah, believing is the, the most important part you of that. Withhold, yeah. You single-handedly withhold the power to, to pull every bit of power out of every verse in the Bible. You can remove the power from it by speaking it and acting out in opposite, in rebellion to the Word. I can say that I'm holy, that I'm set apart, that I'm a city on a hill— And then I can be caught at the bar or I can be caught cussing. You withhold the power to paint the picture for everyone around you of what the kingdom of heaven looks like. And you really need to determine, what am I going to hear? Am I going to hear the world or am I going to hear the word? I love Psalm 119 verse 11. Your word I have hidden in my heart so I will not sin against you. You'll never hide the word unless you hear the word. You have to Bury this thing inside of your heart. And if you want different things, you need to do different things. Mm -hmm. It's literally insanity to do the same thing over and over and over and over again and expect God to produce a different result. If you're listening to the same music and going to church but blaming God for your depression, no, maybe maybe it's the the music you're listening to. Mm -hmm. If you keep having the same gossiping conversation about people and you feel awful afterwards and you blame God that he's not making, not bringing joy into your heart, it's not the Lord. It's the fact that you haven't consecrated or set yourself apart from what you used to do. Salvation's one thing, but consecration's the next step. You need to take the next step and separate from the old life. You can't do the old things and claim a new life. There's something brand new. The next thing is really cool is he said to touch the right thumb. You know what's cool about the right thumb? You really can't do much without your hand, without your thumb. Try try real quick. Try to like grab a hold of your phone and text with it in your palm right now without your thumb. It's almost impossible. Yeah. You can't do much without your thumb. The thumb really enables the hand to work and it allows it to work. And I've always been like confused about why in the Old Testament they weren't allowed to touch dead carcasses. I thought that was so weird, but it's crazy because the Bible in the New Testament says that sinful things are dead works. Yeah. And when you go back and touch the things you used to touch, grab a hold of those things. Yeah, go ahead and grab that girl's butt. Go ahead and type in that website. Yeah, so when true. you go ahead and touch a those sinful things. Go ahead and grab that bottle. Go ahead. But when you grab a hold of that, what you're doing is you're touching dead works. Yeah. And it's always sinful. Too often we touch 
too many things. No doubt. We need to be really seriously, like think about how many things you touch that allow those things back into your life. I think we need to commit to only touching the things of God. I'm mm-hmm. not going to go near it. I'm not going to touch that girl's door handle anymore to walk into her house. Yeah. I'm not going to get into that car. I'm not going to touch this. We need to really start to lay a level of discipline in our lives about the things we'll touch. And honestly, as Christians, we're called in Colossians chapter 3, verse 23, to do work unto God with excellence. Yeah. Not only are we called to do the work of God, but we're called to do it with excellence. And we need to set ourselves apart to do anything with excellence. Just think about it like this. If we're being led by God, that means we're going to do the things of God. And the only way to do anything of God, it's supernatural. We Seriously, you can't lead anybody in the kingdom of heaven unless it's in a supernatural way. And it has to be by hands that are set apart unto God. Yeah, I mean, it's powerful. You might ask yourself, am I really going to see a change by just not listening to that music? Or am I really going to see a change by not hanging out with that girl anymore? But let's look at the picture that's painted in the natural in the natural realm. It is not a secret as to how to get in shape or how to lose weight in your natural no, body. It's, pretty it's easy. not a secret. Obviously, you do keto. Yeah, exactly. That's the only <laughs> way to do it. There's nothing else that works. But... If you, you can't get mad if you don't lose weight, but you have four donuts from Dunkin' Donuts for breakfast, don't talk two about cheeseburgers like for lunch, and then eat an entire bowl of like rice and junk for dinner, and then have ice cream and Oreo cookies, you can't get mad if you don't lose weight when you're eating a bad diet. The same thing is in the supernatural. I mean, is it going to make a difference by cutting off those things? Yeah, it's the same thing as the natural. If you cut off ice cream, you'll lose weight. If you cut off bad music, you won't be tended to follow into the trends that that music is laying out. It is a finite picture. The natural represents the supernatural every time in that sense. What you eliminate from your natural body will remove the unwanted weight. What you remove from from your spirit will remove the unwanted sin in your life. It's a clear picture. Honestly, I'm offended and I'm leaving the chat because he just named every single one of my favorite foods. I love Dunkin'. I love cheeseburgers. I love ice cream. I love Oreos. I'm done. This is the last time you'll ever hear of me on this podcast ever again. I'm offended by my cousin right now. But it's so true. And if you want to be used by God, you make the decision. That's what I love about consecration. You yeah. ch- you choose. You make the decision. That's it. 2 Timothy 2 verse 20. And I'm going to read a little bit through 22. It says it like this. And I'm, I'm reading the Amplified. I love the Amplified. But in a great house, man, God's kingdom is great. That's what it's talking about. There are not, not only vessels of gold and silver, but also utensils of wood and earthenware. But, and some for honorable and noble use and some for menial use. So whoever cleanses himself, it's a decision. We cleanse ourselves. It's consecration. I'm not talking. Mm-hmm. I'll not touch it. I'll be separate from it. I'm not going to have contact with it. Yeah. I'm not contaminating. I'm not corrupting. I'm not going near it. Will be a vessel set apart and useful for honorable and noble purposes. Yeah. Consecrated and profitable to the master. Fit and ready for any good work. And here's the answer to it. Ready? Shun useful lusts and flee from them. And aim at, uh, aim at and pursue righteousness. All that is virtuous and good, right living, conforming to the will of God in thought and word and deed. That's the goal right there. And fellowship with all Christians who call upon the name. 
out of a pure heart. That's 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 20 through 20, uh, 22. Honestly, we have to be separate. We can't just touch. The Bible literally says, be ye separate. Come yeah. out from among them. That's the goal, man. It's not about being this weirdo that doesn't do it. It's about being separated unto God yeah. for good works. I don't want to just do works. I'm going to do good works. I want to be set apart and used by God. Yeah. It's our ears. It's our hands. And the next part is our toes. Yeah. Why our big toe? You know, you know what's cool is our big toe brings balance. Without our big toe, we wouldn't be able to walk. We wouldn't be able to go anywhere. But that allows us to walk in righteousness, to walk differently, to walk in power. Like, let me ask you this question. What, what, what are the feet that bring the gospel? The Bible says they're beautiful. Why do feet need to be set apart? You know what's cool in the Old Testament and the New Testament in Bible days, they used to walk in sandals and they mm-hmm. pick up dirt along the way. Why they need to be set apart is you're you're able to pick up things on the way. I've seen Christians, they pick up offense, they pick up hurt, they pick up mindsets, they pick yeah. up laziness along the way. But our feet need to be set apart, consecrated unto God, because the blood has a protective barrier around it. Mm-hmm. Our feet must move for the work of the gospel. Yeah. And it needs to be set apart with power, separated unto God, so we won't do the same thing that everybody else does. We won't go the same place if we won't hear the same thing. Mm-hmm. And you know what's crazy? When you start to hear different, when you start to do different, and you start to go different, you have different results. And you yeah. can see, I'm sick of people saying the kingdom of God is boring. You know what's boring? Just going to church and punching your ticket and thinking that you're good. That's when it gets boring. It's exciting when you lay hands on the sick and you see him recover. It's exciting when you hear God speak to you in the morning when you're praying or at night laying in your bed or in the day, you hear him give you a directive and you follow through. Mm -hmm. It's exciting knowing you're exactly where God has called you to be at that moment. That's when it's what it actually is supposed to be. But it happens by a decision we make of consecration. Go ahead. Yeah, I love that verse that you brought up, but wind it back just a couple pages in your Bible if you're reading. Look at 2 Timothy 1.7. It says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, yeah. and one translation says, and discipline. So true. That's so it. when you say, I I've tried. I can't stop talking like that. I can't stay off that website. That's not I true. can't stop drinking. Right? You've literally been given a spirit of discipline. To be able to do the things of God. You've been given a spirit of power to overcome the temptation of the devil. And you've been given a spirit of discipline to stay above everything that the devil has laid out to trip you up. He's given it to you as a spirit. It's a gift. If you can't overcome the temptation in your life, it's for a lack of knowledge of the promises and the equipping that God has given you to live your life out. Once you know the truths that God has laid out before you, it's impossible to lose any battle. It's so true. We just we have to make the decision. And the Holy Spirit will empower you to do it. You're not yeah. in this alone. It's mm-hmm. not just a mission. It's a co-mission. Yeah, He's I with us it. in it. I We're together it. in it. We're, he didn't set us here like, well, you get to now conquer sin on your own. No, that's why Come Jesus on. died on the cross. So he could conquer sin, give us the Holy Spirit, so we could live separate and unto him, consecrated and pure. You know what I love about Jesus? Jesus lived consecrated. Yeah. Think about this. He heard the voice of God. He had his hands pierced by nails. That's a level of consecration. It was a decision to go to the cross. And he had his feet pierced. There's a great man of God named David Oyedepo. He says this, if God can't take me there, may I never go. That's my feet. If God can't give it to me, may I never have it. And if God can't do it, 
let it remain undone. Here's what consecration's like. I consecrate my ear to hear the voice of God. Yep. You can go ahead and pray that tonight. I consecrate my hands to do the work of God. Yeah. I consecrate my feet to walk in the path of God. A life of consecration under God that I may hear his voice, that I might do his work, and that I might walk in his path. You want to create an uproar? Live different. Be consecrated unto God. Don't just be happy with salvation. Take the next step and start to be different. Don't wait mm-hmm. for a difference. Do the different things. And a difference will always follow. Live like nobody else now so that you can live like nobody else later. If you consecrate yourself now, your reward later will be greater than anything you could have ever imagined. It's true. We want to thank you guys. It was, a, it was great to have you here again this week. One last time, if you could just scroll down to the bottom of this page, give us a star review, favorite this podcast <laughs> so you know when the episodes are coming out, quote the podcast, help us get it out there, and share what God's doing. We love you, and we'll see you all next week. And that concludes another week of the Uproar Podcast. We want to invite you to share this podcast on all social media platforms and help us spread the good news of the gospel. Also, you can subscribe to this podcast for updates on all of our latest content.